This week on The Uncommon Truth, we're still looking at what Jesus has to say about the kingdom of heaven. And instead of parables, we're looking at one of his most famous quotes from the Sermon on the Mount. When he says to seek the kingdom first, what does that mean? How do we prioritize the right things? And what does he promise will happen if we do? All that and more coming up on The Uncommon Truth. God has to cause this stuff to happen. And you have to rely on him. And if you don't rely on him, he'll let you rely on you. But the problem is if you can't rely on him for your provision, your housing, your, if you can't rely on him to take care of you, how can you rely on him to forgive you? You're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, California, and is available wherever podcasts can be found. If you missed an episode or want to share the show with a friend, visit UncommonPodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to leave us a review. That helps us climb the charts so more people can find out about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. If you want to give us your feedback, you can email the show at UncommonTruthPodcast at gmail.com, and we'll try to feature your questions and comments in an upcoming episode. Finally, if you're looking to learn more about the Father's House Church, School of Transformation, or Life Recovery Ministries, visit fathershouseoroville.com. And now let's get into the uncommon truth. Here's what's coming up. <sighs> Welcome to the uncommon truth. My name is Max. I'm here with senior pastors of the Father's House Church, Stephen Vicky Orsillo, coming to you from what serves as our studio, the School of, Transform- School of Transformation mo- uh, building, officially known as Mumby Hall, named after Jordy Mumby. That's right. So, how you guys doing? Good. Good. Live from South Orville. Live from South Orville. There so, you if go. you hear engines rumbling past, um, that's why. That's There's just... lots of people driving around without mufflers or insurance. <laughs> it's, it's fine with me. But we can't hear it. Oh, right you now. digress. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we can't hear that. Every once in a while when yeah. I'm editing, Steve makes a great point and this muffler comes. If you hear it, let us know. I God try to edit them out. But it could be Steve's stomach. God love them. It's Gurg- good. Gurgling. What's new with you guys? Well... <laughs> just you know, every day so is, a, is such an it's adventure. It's like a roller coaster, isn't yeah. it? Can't yeah. pinpoint one thing or another. It's I just, don't think there's enough time on this podcast to go over that. <laughs> but we love it. We start love a second one? Just start a second uh, one just on our adventures. What is day. even happening right now? Yeah, what is Steve even happening to Steve and Vicki? We have yeah. no idea. Our church is growing. Our people are doing great. You know, our family is doing great. Uh, that's you know just constantly a bl- every day is a blessing of in kingdom adventure yeah and what's exciting is that on wednesday nights we get to listen to the pastors of the father's house uh every midweek service yeah. and it's just so delightful they're it's beyond like amazing those are on youtube if people out there yeah. listening want to check them out wednesday sermons as yeah. well as your sermons on sundays his has been yeah. amazing too he talked about the uh new wine skins yeah. old wine skins yeah. on sunday it was fabulous the, every week i'm at the altar i'm an old bag he's an old bag <laughs> i'm an old bag he didn't bag. really get it did he? He, just, he didn't understand why we were laughing no no i no, didn't it took you a second I, no i definitely understood no, he, before he, i said it i thought it was funny no, you know I'm, he we're, just we're always exactly. as the media team we're always trying to brainstorm new ways to call like new titles for your sermons yeah. right old bag and so I wanted I wanted to get you to do like a James Brown type of move and and name it Papa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> Papa's got a brand new bag. That's James Brown, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah so, you, you know. Go. 
It's kind of cool. Anyway, I said I said it in pause. And I paused, gave you guys a chance to laugh. You so look obviously. like you didn't know what in the heck was well, going you just on when people were laughing. You obviously just you weren't look looking. like you were from outer space. No, at I the knew moment. exactly why they were laughing. <laughs> it was a good sermon. So it check, check it out. Um, and yeah, the the sermons. That's the reason I came to the church actually, because we came to came to church the first time, and it was like, wow, the sermons are amazing. Amazing, right? And I'm I'm if I can go. For like the way the way my brain works, I'm more of a sermon guy than a worship experience right. guy because right. I think there's different types of people, you know. Yeah. And that's what I gravitate towards first. And I was like, oh, this is cool. It's been a long time since I like was really captured by a sermon and couldn't couldn't take it out of my mind for the next couple of days. And that's what happened the first time when I came to visit. And uh, that continues to happen. Yes. Every it's week. Good. I was going to say, now you just doze all the way through it. <laughs> no, it's, it's fun <laughs> because it now, I, now I know it's coming. And so then I look at the verses that I know you're going to preach on. That's and true. I think, that, that's good. Oh, I know where he's going to go with this. Do you really? And I'm I never not know. often right. I'm not <laughs> often either. right. I usually, now I'm better. I can get about like a third, third. of this is what it's going to go. And then it's like, wow. That that was a lot different than I thought, but I can't believe I didn't read it that way before. And the one uh, the one that we talked about the old you know, wine skin, new wine skin, um, a friend of mine we were talking yesterday. It's like I never really understood it quite like the way he spoke mm-hmm. on, on Sunday. So if you've ever had a problem with that um, scripture, you might want to go to YouTube and watch it. And what's interesting, if for everybody outside the Father's house, that um, we have two services at nine and eleven. And very often, they're not even close to being the same. Mm-hmm. Same scripture, different different context, and the Holy Spirit just kind of takes us where he wants a, us to go. Mm-hmm. We had a speaker recently that he spoke b- both services, and he said exactly the same thing, yeah. basic, word for word. And you don't know that, and he was very, very good, but Steve does not. No. No, he, he no. does not do that. <laughs> and it used to bother me, but it doesn't anymore. No, it's Holy Spirit. It's not, my, it's not mine, so. He always says to me during, sir, in, in between the 9-11, because the 9 o'clock last week was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And he goes, oh my, he tells me this almost every week. Mm-hmm. I, I got nothing to say. I don't know how am I going to ever, how how I gonna I ever do that again and replicate it. How could I ever duplicate or mm-hmm. replicate what just happened? I'm like, you happened. don't. The Holy Spirit it really is was. live and well, it you think works. I'd, you'd think I'd get it. No, you, know? you don't. But I don't. I gotta find Vicky. She's gotta pray for me. I'm stuck. Every week. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. So how do you do it again if you don't yeah. know how it happened? I, mean, I look at it like, haven't we had this conversation fifty out of fifty-two weeks a year? Mm-hmm. I build things all the time that you know, like no one else can build, and well, and other people can build. And I look at it. Some people. And I. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to Every do it. Every now and then, contractors can And build I know how to do it again, you know. You. And um, this is so different. <laughs> I, I have no idea how to do it <laughs> again. Confused. It's like I'm so scared because I don't know how to do it again. I don't know how it happened. It's amazing because it, it's it really pretty is. awesome. It's like the. It's it's amazing. And you said in class that you go back to listen to the podcast to hear what you actually said <laughs> because right. it's like yeah. the no Lord idea. speaking through you, and and you're like, well, what did he say? I got it. <laughs> You, yeah. You're like when uh, Vicky asks, who here listens to the podcast? And you raise your hand. and Oh, yeah. You know, and I listen to it because I edit it and, and I put it together. To and I listen to it because it's really good stuff. You know, and I'm here listening to you speak right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny that you get you go back and listen because you're like, what did I say? Oh, that was that really was good. good. <laughs> <laughs> you should leave exactly yourself true. a rating and a review on iTunes. <laughs> wow, this Steve guy's got some good stuff. <laughs> this guy, I can call, I can, I can write in as Mark. Yeah. As your, as your son, as yeah. my first name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, praise me as my second, my middle name. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> That's good. Well, I got more for you, uh, okay. today. Let's, so we yeah, were in go. season three. Kingdom of heaven is like, 
And so a lot of the times we've been going through um, the parables, right, where Jesus actually says the kingdom of heaven is like, Correct. and so you have to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I, it highlighted to me there's actually a lot of other places in, in Jesus' words where he talks about the kingdom, and he doesn't just come out and, and preface it with the kingdom of heaven is like, uh, but he is talking about the kingdom. And this is one, this is actually the first Bible verse. One of these is the first Bible verse I ever encountered. I was at a spring training baseball game, and I had a uh, one of my favorite baseball players signed a baseball for me, and it said, Matt 633. And I was like, your name's not Matt. Your name is Perez. So what's like, what's going on here? And I asked my dad. He's like, oh, that's the Bible. And so I, I looked it up wow. in the, we are in Arizona spring training. I looked it up in the little Gideon's Bible, that's and awesome. it says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you, mm-hmm. right? And so that was actually the first Bible verse I ever encountered. That's amazing. I you ever still encountered. remember that. Isn't that incredible? I probably have the baseball somewhere yeah, it's probably worth in money. a drawer. And uh, he wasn't that good. I just oh. like, I never, I like hey. the guys who are kind of like I underdogs. I had Ernie Banks and Billy Williams. and uh, I do have an Ernie Banks card signed. I have a ball. I used to have a ball From the Cubs, right? Ron Santo, in case you guys remember the 69 Cubs. Anyway, I, divert, I digress, don't I? It burned in the fire. It burned in our Oh, fire. no. And they're probably all gone. So, so I did want to ask about that, which is the kingdom of, kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. And when I looked into that verse, I actually found, as often happens in Luke, it's actually the same story is told from, uh, from Luke's point of view when he did his research and, and wrote down what Jesus had said to his disciples. And it said in adding on to that, don't be afraid, little flock, because your father has chosen to give you the kingdom. And I thought, okay, so that's, he's talking about the kingdom. I think that fits in with what we're doing. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys about that. And there's a, I guess there's a little bit of context, right? Steve, there, Jesus is talking about, this is early in, like, the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking about Are you greed. In Matthew? And, yeah, yeah, Matthew 96. 6. Um, he's talking about people being um, worried about where they're going to find their clothes and their food and, and mm-hmm. their provisions. Um, and even before that, he's talking about um, how do you find treasure and and how do you keep yourself from worrying? And, and then almost at the last, the second to last verse of the chapter is uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that he's been talking about will be added unto you. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I thought it had something to say about priorities, about what priority the kingdom takes in our lives and um, before I turn it over to you, just reminded the listeners, we've been talking about kingdom, uh, that word kingdom in a few different ways, right? The, ki- the kingdom is something that is far off and it's coming. It's the eternal kingdom, heaven, like one day, that sort of thing, which I think most of us kind of grasp a little bit. That's what comes to my mind first when I think of that. But that word also means like the kingdom come now in our own lives. And we talked about that early in the season and also the kingdom that that we as the body of Christ are supposed to be like working towards here on earth. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to know, what is it like, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom? Well, I, um, as I read the scripture, the chapter in front of it, like you said, it's all about worry and how to live. And then on 32, it's very interesting that it says, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for the, for your heavenly father knows that you need what you need before you even ask. And it's all about the worldly things and how, we, me, you, get so caught up in worry and, and food and money and talks about the birds and, the, and how can, you know, just stress and anxiety and fear 
Hmm. <clears throat> and he said, but first, but first, before anything, you seek Jesus. You make him number one. You seek God Almighty. You, you seek his kingdom because those things are really irrelevant in his kingdom. He talks about him for us, but really stress and fear, and he's going to wipe all every tear from our eye. And, uh, and then he said, then he adds this little caveat at the end. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. And it's like, wow, if we could just seek Jesus, like you said, here, today, in the future, and in eternity, I think we would, we would really, really understand that we don't need to worry. Hmm. We just, like, you know, you asked how we were doing today, and it's it's like the older I get, the more I realize when you're loving Jesus and giving your life away, life just happens. And it seems like 30 years ago it was just like you just were always above the graph. It was always here, and nothing really happened, you know, that was bad. Then all of a sudden something happened that was bad, you know. But mm-hmm. now it seems like where we are, it's every day it's up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, good things, bad things, good things. Circumstances? Yeah, thir- circumstances just seem to dominate in the world. Even if we didn't have that, you just look at the world. Are we going to mass today? Are we going back to COVID? You know, stock market, you know, the, the political climate, the different um, – competing you know uh political parties um the protests in the street and even if you didn't if your life was stable just the climate in our world right now it just uh predicates fear yeah it predicates worry and anxiety and when you're you know you could feel it if for the people in the audience when you're in church and the holy spirit you're you're worshiping you can feel this peace that comes over you and i think i i know that's what he wants us to have all the time in the midst of storm because he talks about building your house on the rock Mm because the storms will come so i just really like i really like this is like my favorite favorite chapter in the bible about how to live seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you now it doesn't mean that you're going to get everything you want but i believe he's talking about the peace that passes understanding uh calmness in a storm your uh your your house is on the rock Mm. and that and that just makes you calm so I, I really like this scripture. I like this um, parable, too, and that was my phone. I'll, I'll silence it. Well, did you get your daily Bible reading goal? Was that what that it was? was? It. <laughs> Ding! Good job. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. So this little section, this Seek First the Kingdom area, that is part of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount's underlying teaching. What he got up to talk to the Jewish people and gathered this huge crowd to tell them is that they need to have a father in heaven. Mm. Not an ogre, Mm -hmm. not a distant God, but the God that has been their God has to become their father. Mm. He has always been their father. He has always fathered them, but they have not trusted him as a father. Mm -hmm. You have three beautiful little girls. Yep. All at that age that every day they come to you and they're afraid that they're going to have to go out naked and they they're they're just actually biting their nails because they think they're going to starve. <laughs> and they come to you every day worried like that. Right. Wrong. Right. Every day. They don't even <laughs> it doesn't even cross their mind. Yeah. They, they have no idea how clean clothes show up in their drawers. <laughs> they have no idea food. where food comes from. They just know that you and their mother will take care of them. Yeah. They have no worries about tomorrow they just what are we doing today they are all into today and and you know this bright and shiny uh expectation of the fun they're going to have and the life they're going to live and all their needs are going to be met 
But we teach them through life to stop feeling that way. Wow, that's good. And we don't transfer those feelings. Say the way you feel about me as their dad, you have to feel that way about God. You have to wake up with this happy expectancy, a joyful a lover of God that expects that he's going to take care of them. There's, right. don't have to, he, it says, your father knows you need all these things. And, why, and so around here we have a phrase, it's why don't we just trust Jesus? But what Jesus is trying to get us to do is believe that we have a father in heaven who's going to take care of us, that if we don't go and start working our way up through a company, if we don't have benefits, if the government doesn't take care of us, if we're not in a position to get free government money and all the things that are just becoming what we, we rely on more than him, Come on. we're transferring him as father uh, out of the way and bringing in the world system, which as we know, is controlled by the enemy. Hmm. And so we're trying to let the world system take care of us while we walk in faith saying we believe in God. And what Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount is that there's a new covenant coming. He's going to teach a new covenant, a new world order, a new way of life to these people called the children of Israel, the children of God. That that even though they're called that, they don't live like that. We, they worry incessantly about their taxes, about their oppression, about the bad things that happen to them, so about shocking. what they will eat, what they will wear, where they will live. But what he's telling them and the words he's using are very specifically words would be used to describe toddlers as little as six and under like okay. your daughters. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. That would be totally dependent. Their favorite thing at the end of the day is tuck me in, Daddy, yep. and carry me to bed. Carry station was mine, you know, they excited, run to the couch, giggling, jump on my back. I carry them to their beds. I flip them in the bed, mm -hmm. tuck them in, give them a tickle, you know. They are oblivious when they go to sleep that there's darkness outside and that, you know, that there might be danger and be afraid. They don't even, they don't, they don't even consider that when they have a good relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. And so they crawl up in your lap. It's just one of their favorite places to be is crawl up in your lap, put their arms Not around your back. neck, kiss and be kissed, be loved. And then they run off to do their thing. And then when they have anything happens, they run back to your arms. And the, this is what he's talking about here. We have to look at God as adult okay. Christians. We're supposed to be mature, but we have to be able to revert in an instant back to the toddler sitting in God's lap, relying on him for everything, what we wear, what we eat, where we live, okay. what's going to happen. And then tomorrow, that's the biggest thing. Our children, our little kids do not worry about tomorrow. You can get them excited about we're going to the lake on Saturday and they can get excited about it, but they don't worry about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They are just into today and what's in right now. And that's what he's saying we need to do in our relationship with him. We have, what do you want me to do right now? What are you wanting me to do for in your kingdom? And then there's this word, seek first the kingdom. We have a word seek in the English that is to pursue, to go look for, to be after. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the first translation of this word. This word's first translation would be plot and plan. Hmm. So what he's really saying is plot and plan for his kingdom. Get yourself plotted and planned for, to his righteousness is what it says. Hmm. Seek first his righteousness. So, therefore, you go down this path to the beach, and it says nude beach over here. 
nude beach? Yeah, yeah. you don't mm. go that way. You, you plot plan and not plan to. not yeah. to put yourself in a position definitely where you're going to get sin. You're going to be tempted. Or your kids mm-hmm. are you're going to be right in righteous unrighteousness. You, I mean, you plot and plan to put yourself in a position not to have to hurt somebody mm-hmm. or defend yourself, or you just you just walk through life not worried about tomorrow, but just plotting and planning for his righteousness Good. to not put yourself in a place that you can't handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, put yourself in it with people that are going to lead you astray. Yeah, and you. Seek first his kingdom, plotting and planning for his righteousness and trusting in him like a toddler trusts their parent for clothes, food, water and shelter. Yeah. And that's what this is. This small thing is about. But it's we are unable to understand it unless we know that the Sermon on the Mount is him telling the Gentiles and I'm sorry, the Jews don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be like the heathens who have no father in heaven. Have a father in heaven. Make him your dependency. You depend on him and plot and plan for righteousness so that you do not fall away from him, so that you do not lose track of him. You don't get find yourself distant from him. So you don't just ro- you can't just roll out of bed and into the righteousness of God. No. You have to plot and plan because there's a plan. There's always a plan to trip you up. And with every plot or plan to trip you up is offered a way of escape. And so you plot and plan to take the way of escape. Mm. Like the, we have these amazing, incredible inventions called remote controls. Turn the channel. Turn it off. Pause it. Fast forward it. Whatever it takes to plot and plan to avoid with every temptation is offered That's a way right. of escape. Yeah. And so that's what, you know, seek his kingdom first. Now, what the other thing is to plot besides avoiding unrighteousness is to plot and plan for righteousness. I am going to go there and I am going to love people and be pure and I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give my life away, lay down my life for my brother, serve, be the servant of all. Plot and plan. You go in there and you don't get picked number one. You get picked last or you get, don't get to sit at the chief table or the, 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 the head kahuna doesn't recognize you and ignores you. Well, if you came in plotting and planning not to be offended, you were, you were walking to the low table. You were keeping your head down. You weren't trying to, you know, be be praised for everything you do, and you weren't offended when it happened. And then when it, then when you are recognized, and someone does give you the credit for their life being saved, it's just a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not what you were seeking. It's not what you're after. If it's what you're after and you don't get it, you lose. Huh. If it's not what you're after, you're after just doing the good stuff. Then it doesn't matter. Recognition, if they don't recognize it, you didn't lose anything. Mm. If they do, you only gain something. Yeah. And it's just like what Jesus said about the chief seat. You walk in, take the lowest seat. And if the guy says, Oh no, brother, not you. You sit up here with us. Yeah. And I mean, look how much honor there is in that, you know? Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, then you weren't offended because you expected the low seat. Like yeah. Heidi says, come in low and slow. Come in expecting to be the lowest person on the on the pole, you know, mm-hmm. in the line. And it's just plot and plan. To not be offended, plot yeah. and plan to not be jealous, plot and plan to not be recognized. And, and, and your life is going to be a blessing because people are going to recognize you. People are going to see you. People are going to love you because that's Christianity. Everyone's trying to do the same thing. That means if I have a church of 300 people, I got 299 people loving me. And I only have to love. I only got one life to love with. 
I got 399 other people loving me. I mean, look at the look at the out of balance abundance. And if only half of them uh, engage, I got 199. Yeah. Wait, that was wrong. 149. Math was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. But we got gotcha. you. You know, I uh, I was working at one of the one of the volunteer businesses that raises money for the programs here, and there is a woman who said. I am clean and sober now. It's it's my anniversary. And I said, oh, great. How long? And she said, a month. And I said, well, that's amazing. That's great. And as she was there, and she was a talker, so she talk, 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 and there's nobody else there, so you just engage with her as she was buying more and more stuff. And she, I said, so what's your plan to remain clean and sober? Good. And she's like, plan? I don't, I don't need a plan. Oh, boy. And by the end of that, she was there for quite a long time, but by the end of that, Somebody else came in who she knew from her old life, and they started catching up. And I knew. I watched it happen. They left together. And it was like she had no plan. And uh, I was just praying that she wasn't – that this wasn't going to be the life she went back to that very hour when she told me, oh, I don't need a plan to to stay clean and sober. I've got it it all figured out. And I I watched it. It was a horrible feeling watching that. Yeah. Um, the blind leading the blind, they'll both fall in the ditch. It just, yeah. That's what exactly it felt, it felt like. It. You know? yeah. yeah. So, Vicki, we, um, we talk a little bit about so – that, that was very good for individual lives, like plot to yeah. do his righteousness, seek to, to find his kingdom and, and to, to build his kingdom in your life. Now, for the kingdom that, that the body of Christ here we're, we're building together here on earth, the body, like the church – um, how are we doing with with uh, seeking seeking that kingdom first? Are we, are we is there stuff we need to do? Or are we doing pretty well? I think even if you were doing well, there's always stuff to do. Um, you know, I think it's individually you got to decide who who's on the throne of your life. And uh, I just love what Steve said about the Father in heaven and the illustration of your children. Mm-hmm. They don't. They never worry. You know, um, the only thing they'd worry about is like, if, like he said, if you're going to go to go to the lake on Saturday and you decide not to go, they'd be pretty upset because they were they were plotting and planning to go to the lake. On yep. sa- but um, I think that we can always be better on this. I think in, just in Christianity, you can be better. But for me, um, knowing I have Father in heaven and then knowing that I don't have to worry about these things is that's hard. It's because mm-hmm. because life just kind of beats you down. So I don't know that I can judge the, the church, you know, the church, I'm going to say for me that I am uh, constantly trying to do this to understand um, the Holy Spirit that lives in me, the, you know, Father, God, and Jesus Christ, you know, the, the Trinity. It's way above my pay grade, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeking after that. I'm plotting and planning mm-hmm. to go further up and further in, yeah. trying to understand a, a Father concept. Now, the problem is, for so many of us, they don't have a good father like you or like Steve, so they struggle with what a father figure is. Mm-hmm. And so if you have an abusive father, then you th- look at God as a abusive man. You can't trust him, abusive father, because it's really true that in the way we, our Heavenly Father is an equal sign to how we see God the Father. So... Our earthly father. Our earthly father. Yeah, what did I say that wrong? You said heavenly father. Yeah, our yeah, our earthly father is exactly you know so, um, and we actually teach on that. But it's it and if you whatever attributes you have for your earthly father, you put that on your on God the Father. So it would be practically it would be it would be, uh, forgive forgive your earthly father even if he was great. There's some places probably Mm -hmm. you believe lies about God the Father. 
So for me, it was my father was vacant. He, he, he left my mom, you know, when I was 13 at the pivotal point in my life. And I had some things I had to forgive him for. And because I did look at God the Father that way. So for me, I'm, I'm constantly looking at this. I want to know that I know that I know that I can trust in God. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know if that answered the question, but I think um, it, 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 is, it is a big thing. And our earthly father has a lot to do with how we see God the Father. Let me put it one more way to you, Steve. Is the church... Western church, I'm thinking more, are we doing well by teaching people to to rely on God? I don't, well, and I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not interested in names and, and yeah. places of who's doing it wrong, who's doing it no, right, but I'm I, thinking I, in general. I don't think the outcome, if you judge by the fruit, I think Christians worry probably more than non-Christians about their future, hmm. about what they will eat, what they will wear, where they will end up, who's going to take care of them in their College. old age. You know, university, work ethic, nationality. Christians are probably way more into that stuff. Politics, politics, uh, and I think we're doing a very terrible job. But I think the um, um, culprit is the definition how we define seek first His kingdom. If I say I'm seeking first His kingdom, then I must be. Mm-hmm. Or all you got to do is say you're seeking, and everyone says you're seeking. But that isn't exactly how Jesus works. He says, "Why? which of you can add a single cubit or a single hair Power. to your head? I mean, this is what he's talking about. This, that was what came, you know. Mm-hmm. Who can, you know. I worry. God has to cause this stuff to happen. And you have to rely on him. And if you don't rely on him, he'll let you rely on you. But the problem is if you can't rely on him for your provision, your housing, your if you can't rely on him to Happiness. take care of you, how can you rely on him to forgive you? Mm. And so faith wow, that's really faith is really really strangely connected in every way. It's that's like right. you can't you can't have this I must have a bank account, I must have a savings account, I must have life insurance, I must be have an annuity, I have to have retirement, I have to my have my kids have to go to mm-hmm. university. You know, my kids have to succeed. They have to be able to to be promoted, you know, and yeah. And get great jobs, and great pay with great benefits, or they're doomed, you know. And forsake the ministry. Um, I think that's way more likely to be the majority of the outcome to our students and our children. And honestly, it's an epidemic right now. How few of our children are in our generation? How few of the children are remaining in Christianity? Mm. And I think it's because more about this uh, answer right here than any other answer that we are doing a terrible job of teaching them to do this one thing. Why don't we just trust Jesus? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just exercise faith? Why don't we give a dollar more than we can afford all the time, increasing that to $2, then $3, so that we can begin to build our faith like a muscle? I mean, our gym is full of people building their muscles. Well, our church needs to be full of people building their faith muscle by so going good. the extra mile, giving that extra amount, putting themselves in a position where, man, if he doesn't come through, it's going to be hard. Mm. But does your daughter fret at the end of each day whether or not you'll be able to take care of her tomorrow? Nope. Any one of your daughters, do they? Is it even the question at the end of the day when you're saying good night? You know, Daddy, let's pray. What do we pray for? Oh, you know, my friend stubbed his toe, mm-hmm. or so and so's going through. You know, I want to pray for them. You know, she was sad today. Things like that of simple nature, caring for someone else, but they never once they say, Daddy, we need to pray so that tomorrow there's something to eat. Yeah, and that's absolutely the picture that's here that we are definitely not teaching in Christianity today. All you really got to do is go to the 
broadcasts of pastors all over the country and listen to what they're talking about. They are not talking about giving what you need for tomorrow away so that your faith can grow and watch him take care of you. Mm -hmm. They are not preaching that, that he is who you need to trust for your food, for your clothes, Mm -hmm. for your water, and for your shelter. They, or the future, like who's going to take care of me? He's going to take care of me. So what I like most about Corey Tenboom was here constant, constant speaking about he will take care of us. He was there. He'll be there. He'll be there in the storm. He'll be there in the difficulty. And man, that woman went through storms. Yeah. You know, all of us fear with all of our hearts. Mm -hmm. But she went through it and and she came out smelling good because she she really did exercise a faith beyond, you know. She she learned how to trust him for everything. One day she even praised the Lord and got all these non-Christian women to praise God for the lice. It kept the guards from raping them. And they all praise the Lord for the lice. She was a yeah. holo- she was yeah. a she was a Holocaust, Holocaust survivor right? in World War II. And she, she was a Christian put in with Jews mm-hmm. and political prisoners, and so she got them all to praise the Lord for the lice. It was crazy. Yeah, you know, and and be joyous. So she really had that. Let's just trust the Lord for tomorrow, and uh, she really had that. So, would it be safe to say that? We don't. We we kind of end up almost preaching a little bit of fear. Like we we constantly preach fear. When you know the one thing that is the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God is mm-hmm. the beginning of wisdom, and it is right to the teach God. who God is. And if you learn correctly who God is, you can't help but have a little fear. You should. Mm-hmm. He is a he is fearful, mm-hmm. and yet if you know a child should know that their father is fearful, but they also should know that they can crawl in his lap and he'll protect them with his life. Mm -hmm. And God, we need to see God in the correct way. And if you have no fear of God, then you are not seeing him. (laughs) You are seeing something else. And uh, I have a fear of him, but I have a trust and a love and a comfort and a security that is hard for me to actually describe in, in English words. It's it's just evident in the fruit of my life. And I think that's the thing, the answer to the question, how are we doing? Well, I think the fruit of the universe, the fruit of the world, you know, is that um, Christians have to save up for tomorrow. I was in a room. Um, I hope I have time. Do I have time to tell a story? Oh, yeah. So this man gets up on the stage one day in this huge conference. And what he had done, he was a contractor up in the state of Washington. And one day God called him to the southern Sudan because it was in those days, mid-90s-ish, they were murdering 800,000 people several years in a row. It was near 800,000 martyrs in the southern Sudan for being a Christian. They were slaughtering them. So he sold all that he had to go to the southern Sudan and preach the gospel. His first three months, he had 50,000 people come to the Lord and want to come to his church and want to join his ministry. And he was trying to disciple them and build small churches everywhere he went. He came to share that in this crowd. And I was a little frustrated, like, why does that only happen in the southern Sudan? Mm-hmm. Why, Lord, don't you do that everywhere? Why are you doing that? And the Lord spoke to me in such a sharp way. He said, do you see the people in this room? I said, yeah. He said, there's enough money in savings in this room to send someone like that man to every nation on earth. Just in that room. Just in this. And he said, and this is just one room. 
in one gathering on planet Earth where there are thousands of these gatherings monthly around the globe where there is so much money in savings, so much money stored up in warehouses because people can't trust me for tomorrow. Mm. And I was mortified. I knew that I didn't have any. I had zero savings, so I was like, I was like, oh, oh, daddy, I'm, I'm with you, you know, like, like, oh, I didn't say, yeah, what's wrong with them? I really was humbled by it because I knew that pressure, and I knew that'd been the battle in my church, you know, that, and and with every rich person I know, that's the biggest battle. They just, they have millions and millions, and if you ask them for donations, they say, well, I, I can't do that, man. We got bills to pay. It's like you could, you could stop earning money today, and you could live for 150 years, and your bills would be paid. Maybe 200 years and your bills would be paid. If you never earned another dime, your bills would be paid. And so that's trusting in money. That's not trusting in God. Well, that's really interesting because that's actually, as I was reading the context of the the Luke version right. of this in Luke 12, he, uh, Jesus leads into when the verse that says, Seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and don't you know my Father is chosen to give the kingdom to you. Right before that, he's he's talking about the man who whose land was so plentiful that he he built more barns and silos to store everything and the lord said your soul this day your soul just, is required yeah. of you someone else died. is going to take all your stuff yeah and so that sounds exactly like what you're talking about that story is exactly what i'm talking about but you know the that one of the most missed parts of that story is that his hoarding his storing up to because he cannot trust God is going to be passed on to somebody else and he's going to pervert other people and make other people. Mm-hmm. His hoarding is going to cause generations, his, his heirs, to not trust God. Mm-hmm. It's not just him. Wow. Where he's not trusting God, he has to store and store and store and store for what about, what if. Mm-hmm. But when he dies, the Lord calls him a fool and says, your stuff is going to be spent by others. Guess what that means? His stuff is going to pervert and stumble others in inheritance. Um, every once in a while, there's a rich guy comes out that I did not leave my kids in a dime. They got to struggle and do it like I did it. Now, their reason is struggle to succeed. But at least they didn't let their wealth destroy their own children. Right. But that's so rare. We all know kids raised in wealth are almost always destroyed in a situation of trust remember the the criteria trusting god as a father like a toddler mm-hmm. or not trusting god and jesus saying why don't you why do you worry about tomorrow why do you worry about what you'll eat and drink and and where and where you'll live so this guy who stored up in barns all that he had i mean he perverted his own heirs his own children he saved it up so that they would get this lump sum and then they would not be able to trust god they could trust in themselves. They, they, we don't need God. We got everything we need. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't want to do that. I want to bless my children, but I do not want to take away their need to trust in God. I'd rather get a pile just before I died, sell it all, get the money, get it in cash, and burn it. I would do, <laughs> be doing my children a great service, you know, because Vicky and I, we, we work really hard at building our faith by giving. And that's what I think everybody should do. You should give until you cannot afford to give out of your need and watch his hand take care of your every hair on your head, every sparrow what in the that? air. <laughs> you. Every, you looked at me. I, yeah. I did not look at you. I looked at the books on purpose, but I did, oh, okay. I did make a face. Every hair on your beard. There I did, you go. Yeah. My face. And no, I, I just, mean, it, every part, would you trust in him? So it's interesting when Steve was talking, it's like, 
we fear the wrong thing, don't we? We fear the world. We fear we fear finan- financial ruin. We fear um, poverty. We fear you know our kids are not going to be educated. And but there is a healthy fear, like she was talking about God the Father. Your kids have a healthy fear of you. You know, sometimes maybe Sheree will say, well, what's your dad gets home, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, your kids are a little little, but um, when Steve, when our kids were growing up, there should be a healthy fear of the father figure. Um, but we fear circumstances in, as Christians, and we, I think it's backwards, and I agree with what Steve said, it's, but there's a healthy fear, you know, of fearing the, you know, God Almighty, who, who is the maker of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. We should fear him, and um, we should love him. And treat him like a father, and he is our father in heaven. So yeah. we fear the world, we fear circumstances, we fear tomorrow, we fear so our our kids' health, we fear our health. We you know it's we stress and worry. And he, don't you know you have a father in heaven? And even if you do get sick, or even if you do get financial ruin, you're still going to be okay yeah. if you have a if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and have an eternal perspective. Yeah, and you're yeah. plotting and planning plotting for eternity. And righteousness, That's right. yeah. everything's going to be good. It's That's not just right. going to be okay. It's going to be good. It was one of the testimonies of the Roman spectators as they saw the Christians being mistreated. You know, I mean, they're human beings. They can see that that's mistreatment. They weren't all happy to see this. They were there. They must have been there to see something. But usually, it was part of a show, and the and the killing of the Christians was not the main event. It was the it was the sideshow. Mm-hmm. And they would put animals in there with them, well, hungry the animals. Answer. Huh? They were the warm-up band? They were the warm-up band, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they sent in the war animals to eat them, wow. kill them, and shred them, you know. And the people in the stands saw the way they died. And it, it, there are stories in the history of Rome where the people gave their life to the Lord from watching those people, the way their, their spirits were from watching themselves die. Mm-hmm. And it was like... I don't want anything like that, you know. But I'm just saying, there. No matter how that, no matter how bad that got, and that got the worst, right? Yeah. Wild animals tearing you to shreds, that's the worst. But they are the testimony of those people is they died with joy. Yeah. How do you die with joy with an animal eating you? And so, sure. that's supernatural. It's super wonderful, and it comes from trusting Him. He is with you. Um, so many different stories, Polycarp being burned at the stake and in the flames, he just had joy. He didn't scream. He didn't, Mm -hmm. he didn't cry out in pain. The Lord protected him and took his, took his life from him and let his body burn, but he took his life from him. Obviously Polycarp uh, was a great hero and martyr of the faith, you know, who would not deny Jesus. And they burned him at the stake in the, in the center town center. And, you know, the story of all, all the other times where the fourth man was with uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego as a man, like the son of God. So you, people think Jesus was in the flames with them, you know, and they just, they, they weren't burning up and screaming. Mm-hmm. And I think think that in most cases, you know, the idea of faith and the purpose of plotting and planning is so that I'm a man who lives in his righteousness and he is with me. He's in me. And whatever befalls me, he's with me and he's in me. And what I think is horrid bad, like horrid bad, like my friend dying or my granddaughter dying, is what I think is horrid bad. If I think of him as father and trust in him and he explains it to me, I say, okay, dad, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. You do. Well, you know. that that has me uh, thinking about in the School of Transformation, I'm reading this book. Uh, it's by a Pakistani Muslim woman became a Christian, and it's called I Dared to Call You Father. I can't pronounce her name, uh, Bilkis uh, Salam or something. And she, um, she, mm. she was a noble woman who gave up everything because she had dreams about Jesus. And, wow. 
and so one thing I didn't realize is, so she was led to the Lord, she asked questions of these missionaries, and they helped her find Jesus, and then uh, her friends and family were actually plotting to figure out how to kill her because she had broken this, you know, you don't don't go back on the Muslim faith, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, well, you know, if you're not going to hire a bodyguard, why don't you at least put bars on your window so it's a little bit easy? And so she said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And then she said, as soon as I promised that I would do that and take my protection into my own hands, I felt the presence of the Lord sort of dissipate and leave me. And so I prayed, should I do something different? And, and felt that, she said, I felt like I shouldn't need to protect myself. Like, after all, if somebody wants to get me, then mm. they're going to get me. So why don't I just depend on, on him? He's led me this far. And if, I'm, and if I do, she's like, if I'm... If I do that, then the whole town, this little town that we live in, is going to know the most, like the f- most famous woman in this town has got the iron workers to come put bars on her house. So they're going to question Christianity. They're going to question wow. my God. They're going to question what I just claim to believe in. So that when they came back the next day, you didn't put bars on your window. She said, no, I think the Lord can. And she had to defend herself against the, the Christian, the Western missionaries who were saying, well, you should... You should take the, your protection into your own hands. When she explained it, they said, okay, you did hear from the Lord. That's <laughs> right. He's got you. Don't worry you about go. it. And if, and if she, a, di- and if she a, dies? That's a way better story than the yeah. bungee jumper oh. jumping. Yeah, yeah. don't go back and listen to <laughs> last week's story. That is such a great story compared to that other one. Yeah. It's called, the book's I called I Dared to Call Him Father. And, and if she, you know what the truth is? And if she, she does it and she gets killed? Well, she wins. I mean, you know, it's it's like that's the that's truth. what she said, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. but we do we do that, and I am I am not innocent when it comes to you know some of those things. It's like that's I want to trust God as my Father in every situation, and mm-hmm. if my granddaughter passes away, if our good friend passes away, like she said, it's like I'm still going to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The problem is that we decide what all these things are. Mm-hmm. And it has to look this way, and ha- this person has to be healed, and that person, and it's like no, it's if he's our father, I'm going with him. All these he things are whatever we need. Correct. Yeah, well, I think that's a great place to stop. I feel like we could keep going on this one for a while, uh, but I th- think Steve usually feels like he can keep going with a subject that's amazing, for a while. Yeah, but never good. ending well. It's great. It is. It's the it's the 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 water that doesn't run out. Right? It's the redigging the wells of the revival. Stringing up deep, deep wells. Springing up deep, deep wells. Awesome. awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys' time, and uh, we will we'll be back next week with the uncommon truth. How's that sound? Got a little like the creek don't rise. All right. You've been listening to the uncommon truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at UncommonTruthPodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.